0: ESPN 1420, 1420 ESPN1420.com, and the ESPN 1420 app. Welcome back into the great Scott Show, the great sports callers, opening tank, and joining me now, as he does every Friday and has for, geez, Gus, we're going on almost 13 years now, somebody that I've known for way too long, but uh, we're still working in this business. Some people say we're crazy for it, but... We're still doing it, and uh, he's kind enough to still shout with me every Friday, even when I'm on in the mornings. From ESPN 100.3 in New Orleans and the sports hangover, it is Gus Catgill. Gus, what's up, man? Good morning, brother.
1: Hey, man. Good morning to you, dude. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing all right, all things considered. I, uh, you know, you're five days removed from uh, the end of an era in Saints football, which has been a big topic of conversation here. Um, and I, I don't even – I mean, just in general – What's been the biggest takeaway from you and from your listeners? Like, what's been the thing that they've kind of harped on the most coming off of that really just overall disappointing performance and a, uh, a rough way for Breeze to end his playing career?
1: Dan, it's kind of been all over the place, to be honest with you. And, and I think really more than anything, it's probably been more of disappointment. Um you know, it's kind of running the gambling. I, I, kind of, I kind of referenced Monday as losing a family member to an extent or, you know, like a pet or a dog, almost to a less um, severe. Yet, when you do, I think you understand, you know, it's it's just, it's just painful. There's loss. You remember a good, but um, it, it's hard to go back to that point immediately. The immediacy of the loss is, um, is and, and what I mean by that is, you know, if I have to explain it a bit, um, it, it's, it's a person that this city and a native has had a relationship with when overwhelmingly 98% of the people in the city have never met him personally, right? Um, you've come to know him through video on TV, through audio on radio, Um, watching him from the stands, but most of the people in the city have never personally met Drew Brees. And yet he, on their behalf, spoke like them, for them, uh, on behalf of them and this city that he adopted. And he has said repeatedly, you know, it's the place that gave him the opportunity that believed in him. So he felt the same way to, to, to responsibility, I guess, to do the same. And I think it overwhelmingly has a lot to do with the tie in as to when his arrival was, um, you had a, a populace, a, a, you know, a, a town that was devastated that had, not a lot of confidence uh, about a lot, a lot of, uh, I, I would even say, um, you know, not knowing the future, uncertainty, right? In, in a lot of different areas um, anger, sadness, loss, all of that. And look, you and I have talked about before the unique relationship. I know Philly and their fans and their teams and stuff. And there's a few, you know, places where, obviously the fan base loves the city and the city loves their team and stuff. But a lot of that I could argue comes with winning, right? I mean, the Steeler nation and, you know, the Laker fans, yeah, well, they also have almost 20 something banners. I mean, when you have a franchise that darn near two thirds of its existence lost, they didn't just lose. Like they were pathetic to the point where you're recognized for wearing a paper bag. Um, and yet they still love him. You know, I can only understand that being a Cubs fan. I mean, it doesn't make a lot of sense logically, right? So here comes this time where he almost kind of embodied the way the fan base felt about his team, right? You know, everyone, just, no one talks about it. When you talk about national TV, there's no jersey sales or national commerce, no one even bothers him or bothers about you. And I think he saw himself like that in that career. And we've watched before our very eyes simultaneously both build into something unimaginable. I don't think anybody expected when Sean Payton had a press conference that Drew Brees was going to be their quarterback, that people said they just brought in a hall of famer. I don't think anybody expected the new Orleans saints to be almost you know, going on 20 years where, I mean, for the most part, it, they're a playoff team. I saw a tweet that somebody posted earlier in the week, and I'm trying to remember correctly. Scott. It was one of those things where it said, Look, I, I, you know, I started being a Saints fan when I was seven, and, or his uncle was seven when the franchise first started, is what it was. And it was 40. When you know he saw them have like the first eight and eight season, forty seven or something, when they when the first playoff game, yeah, 40 first playoff game, forty seven the first playoff win, um, then finally saw him to see the Super Bowl and all that. So thinking like that, that's incredible, you know. And then he said, "Look, I'm I'm in my twenties. All, all I know is the Saints being a winning franchise." And Scott, it's directly related to Drew, man, and I, I think it has to start there. I mean, we can talk about the game. We can do all of that, but it felt like that this week. It felt like a loss because, and it almost felt like a loss of a family member where you knew the decline was coming, whether it's a sickness and illness um, where you see that person that you remember so, um, vividly and lively, you know, and that's why I brought up pet. You know, I'm not trying to make it like you lost a person or a family member, which is hard, but same thing with my dog I lost, you know, a couple months ago. I, you know, it's it hard to remember him running around like the new puppy, same breed that I see now running around. But I have the pictures. I remember it. Um, but the last two years stunk, man. You know, it, it, it was hard. It was tough. Um, and that day crush you. When you see it. And I, 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 I Monday, I felt that Monday. Um, I've tried to do fun bits and, you know, have things the last couple of days, but, dude, the phone calls I get, you know, it's, it, it, it's, it's what you feel when, when you, when you lose something close to you, right? It's, well, you know what? He, he should have retired. I mean, it, you know, maybe we go to Jameis or, you know what? I mean, you can see, I, I can't believe he played hurt or, um, you know, and I'm like, guys, it, it wasn't his fault. Um, that game you can look at two interceptions after the Watson fumble Watson I keep saying that um Cook fumble he had a miscommunication with Alvin Kamara and he forced it into coverage to Cook um and they were up seven going into probably be up 10 or 14 you know and I didn't feel that I watched that game and saw or said to myself breeze is killing us i i came up with other reasons why again the saints not making plays and some guy named devin white who single-handedly impacted the game and the saints didn't the saints didn't have a person on that sunday that impacted the game single-handedly the close you can say the Quan smith to an extent harris absolutely did at the very beginning and got knocked out by devin white but it starts with drew man because the majority of the calls have been about him, and it's run the gamble and it, 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 because it's you know thinking about him, what he's brought, what he's meant, what he did, and then seeing him have a bad day, and it just stinks. I wish Brady just would have made one more play and the Saints lost. It, it kills me that he had a bad day, and that bad day was you know, Brian Baldinger put up some videos of things that you just don't see Drew do. Body is what it is, but I don't, and maybe I look at it differently, Scott, because you and I are very similar in terms of where we have our kids and how we view our family. Um, He spent two and a half hours on that field, man, two and a half hours just playing with his kids. And you know, it had to be killing him. You saw his face, that final possession when, the Bucs had forged some chains got a first down. You saw him get choked up for a second. I thought he was about to cry because he realized he's not getting on the field. They got a first down. They won the game. And his last pass was an interception. Like, it had to be killing him. But he had to hold it together because his daughter wanted to play cartwheels and his kids wanted to catch passes from Tom Bleep and Brady. Um, I don't know. Like I said, it's – it it it's it hasn't hit me at more on the team's loss. It's more about Drew, to be honest with you. And I think most of our calls have been like that. You know, no one's calling for Peyton's head or you know team that Just I think people are just accepting what it is yep. and it's a loss. Yep. And it's we're trying to deal with
0: it. Yeah, it's it's uh, to that last point, kind of the acceptance. I mean, I think surprisingly, and Luke Johnson didn't agree with me, um, but I, I use the phrase at peace, and I don't think. I think a lot of fans will never be at peace about how twenty eighteen that season ended. But I think in terms of what unfolded Sunday, just seeing Breeze, he looked like a a boxer that was once an all time great, is an all time great, but kind of mm-hmm. in a in in a fight where they just you can just tell they just don't have it anymore. And look, if Cook doesn't fumble that ball, maybe they win. Okay. You can say, Well, you could you know, he doesn't have it anymore. What about this, what about that? I'm just telling you, you watch that and then Brittany breezes Instagram later in the week and, and and I a lot of folks have strong thoughts on that guys Gus catgilllar Gus our guest espn 1420.com I want your thoughts on that because I I don't think that he had a if his if his rotator cuff was torn I mean it was bare I mean I'm, I'm barely torn because folks point to the to the kinetic tape he wore in the middle of the season and the right shoulder and mm-hmm. all that if his rotator cuff mm-hmm. was rotator cuff and his throwing shoulder was torn. Because that's what – go read his book. Go look back at why he didn't stay in San Diego. Look at how the Saints got him back in 06. I mean, he couldn't throw a pass, period. So if it was actually torn, I don't see how he's throwing it 10, 15 yards down the field. Now, injured, sure. You know, slight tear, barely minimal and fascia and the ribs and all that stuff. I'll buy all that playing through the pain. But everyone that's like, what are they doing putting him out there with a torn rotator cuff – I, I have trouble buying that because if it was torn completely, there's no way he's able to even throw the ball. And I just don't buy that he would have been out there. That's just me.
1: Yeah. she And look, I'm not saying that she is a misunderstanding. It's just um, she doesn't know the, the terminology and technicality of it. It is a tear, maybe a slight tear, but torn to the point where you would need surgery, which he probably will to repair it if he wants to do like that again, just throw the ball with his kids. Um, my dad had it. My intern's dad had it. I, have known like that I can like point to, that. I know very well that I've had it. It is a mother of a surgery, um, recovery that is too. Um, and it, it's very common actually with people that don't play sports. It's weird. Um, my dad didn't hurt it playing sports, um, but I can tell you seeing people, Todd Graffanini, next time you talk to him, ask him about it. He's convinced he has one. He's had one for 20-something years, but he was a pitcher. Um, he says if he went right now and reared back and let it go, he was a pitcher, his shoulder would blow up. He said right now he could throw the ball with his son. He could pitch and catch with me. But if he was to rear back and go, it's going to blow his shoulder out. And I think that's kind of what that means, right? He probably told her, look, I have a torn rotator cuff. Um, to the point where it is a slight tear, there's discomfort, um, there's pain medication, that kinetic tape, like you said, tries to keep it sort of as tight as possible. I can promise you, though, a slight tear to a, to a large tear, it doesn't matter. That guy felt every throw. I mean, there's no doubt, and that's what Todd was telling me this morning when we were talking about it. He's like, that guy felt everything, warm-ups, you name it. Um, he just learned to deal with it and, and battle through it. And Scott, I, it's something to the point that I kept bringing up too at the time, um, and that's what the hardest thing was watching on Sunday and, and, again, going back to that loss and just feeling for him because – you see it in his in his in his face, his mind, his heart. We can still play. The body can't do it anymore. You just can see it. Um, you can keep trying to cheat Father Time. And what I mean by that is, you know Scott, the older you get now that I just turned forty five. Um, every now and then you'll have a good day with your body, right? I mean, you know, we could like I was using the reference today, like if we go shoot some hoops and stuff, I might get nice and warm, might start draining some shots, I'll be good. Dude, that night, tonight, I'd be telling my wife on the couch, please rub my feet, my back is sore, and I would have taken two leaves. 100%. I mean, that's, 100%. I mean, and that's normal. That's normal, right? I mean, that's normal. Um, we garden, and we're all going to do this here in about two months, right, where we put in the weed and, you know, we put the new mulch in and do all of that. And then that night, our lower backs are going to kill us. The hamstrings hurt. over And you're like, all I did was put up some mulch. Um my point is, you'll have a good day. You'll, you'll do that, but it, it takes longer. It takes harder. You heard Sean Payton reference it um, Thursday, that he knew he went through a lot. I think that's what, what Brittany was saying. Brittany saw her husband get attacked by her his teammates. Brittany saw, and probably since she's on Instagram, saw social media blame the loss on him last year, blame the loss on him this year talk about how he didn't perform. Um, and, did I see my wife get defensive on a, you know, message board post. So I can imagine what she felt like. And I think that's what that post was, to tell him it's okay. Come home. You know, hey, man, you, you did everything we can. We love for everything you did. You fought. And um, that's what really stood out to me, you know, just a, in that post and playing through those injuries and Sean talking about the fascia. You know, I mean, that – I have plantar fasciitis, and Awful. man, when they get no, back, dude, yeah, I've back, had back that, and that plane. is so really? painful,
0: oh. so painful.
1: Yeah, I mean, I have to wear shoes with cushions and stuff. Like, I can't wear flip flops and walk the dog. I come back, dude, it feels like pins and needles. I can't imagine tearing that, and that dude played football, so um, I think when you when you think about it all, when you think of that post, that what power that it was. And, again, it's his father time because, Scott, the same people that were saying, man, he didn't perform, he held us back. Um, Two weeks ago, he played incredible against the Panthers. You and I spoke that following week, right? I mean, that guy took a practice squad and put up 30 in Carolina. I mean, that offense didn't miss a beat. He was accurate. He was delivering a football. The offense moved up and down the field. It just, you know, it clicked against Chicago. It took a bit. That's a little better defense, but, you know, whatever. And then last week, again, I, I didn't feel, I mean, those first two drives, they failed inside the red zone. I mean, they, they they, didn't fail at the 40 and he missed a 25-yard out and in or it was a post and Traequan was open or Thomas was open and the ball was underthrown and it was late. They, they just had bad play calls. The Bucks man were making plays and they were ready for it. And they played better. They made more plays. Drew Brees' arm didn't keep them the six points there. Drew Brees' arm didn't prevent them from winning to a point to where he had to start making plays and one was a miscommunication, like I said, the other one was a bad bad throw into coverage and you know, at my my intern's convinced that um, Cook should have caught that one anyway, and it went through his hands and went to an interception. So um you know, again, I I, I didn't feel like that because I, I fielded so many calls Thursday after we played Sean Payton's comments about the quarterbacks. And I had one guy call, and it started the flood. You know, he was like, he should have put in Winston. And then he brought this up, Scott, and I'll hear your opinion on it. This was Brooks, and this was Galone, part two. And I'm like, it's nowhere near those two. But
0: I don't no, I, I think. I think his shoulder was actually ruined, like, not even close to this. Brooks' shoulder was actually ruined because if you go back and look at the last few games of the 2002 season, he really couldn't throw it beyond 10 yards. It's not like people make jokes right. about Breeze's arm strength. He's still throwing it 10 plus yards down the field. He did it. Right. He did it Sunday. He did it against Chicago. He did it the week before, and he did it against Kansas City. I'm not telling you that he's throwing it, you know, 60 yards down the field, but no, Brooks's shoulder really was completely shot, and that's that's old news. I mean, I, I think. I think you just uh, we like like Philip Rivers retired this week, right? And one of his biggest moments as a pro is actually in a loss. One of the most memorable things is him playing a whole conference championship game with a torn ACL and they lost. Mm-hmm. But you know what people say? Boy, he gutted it out. What an amazing performance! Yeah. What? A, yeah, my thing yeah. is, there's I, I don't I don't know where the line is, Gus. But I'll say this because I said, listen, if if Breeze actually had a torn rotator cuff, then he shouldn't have been playing. I don't believe he had one, but it's like, if you're, let's say you're a punter and you've got a rib injury, it hurts, right? It hurts because your, your, your foot's your toes going up near your head, you're stretching. Mm -hmm. But if you gut it out and it's just an issue of dealing with pain, you can still be effective. Now, If you're a punter and your foot's broken and it's your punting foot and you go out there and try to punt, well, guess what? That's stupid. You shouldn't be doing it right. Same thing with, with like a quarterback. If it's, if it is preventing you from throwing the forward pass beyond five, six yards, yeah, you've got, you've got an issue. Right. And I don't, I don't think that was the case. Now was bringing hurt? Sure. And we, we can get into, you know, who the next quarterback is in the future. We'll, we'll do all that in the next segment. But, um, but I don't, I don't believe for a second that it was a, a quote torn rotator cuff. Cause when that news came out, the reaction was extreme one way or the other. Oh my God, what an incredible warrior. How did he do it? He is the, no one has ever done that before, or it was shame on him and Peyton and all of them. They're all selfish and they shouldn't have done it. It's like, guys, calm down, take a breath, be logical here with this.
1: Yeah. And look, and like I said, I think, um, and I, it's, it's what I said on Thursday, not, you know, I'll say with you too. I mean, it's simple, right? Um, the three quarterbacks are one's hurt. So it's him or Winston. Who do you trust to know the offense more in that game like that against Tom Brady and the Bucks, a team that you um, know it's pretty good? I know you can say, "Well, Jameis played for them." You would, guys. I mean, it's again, it wasn't, and even if his arm is that way, he can run and extend plays and all that. Um, who, who are you trusting more um, in, in that situation? When, when again, if he didn't, he would have pulled himself out. He's done it already. So I just. Um it's just I look I like Scott I go back to it man it, it's it's what we do when we have a loss you know I mean I I might find myself short tempered uh when I lost a dog or a family member or something like that you know you, you get angry and you know you feel like you should have done this or this could have done that and it could have happened I I think it's legit like you google the stages of loss or grief and um Blame for some reason is one of them a lot of times, and in that, and I just, I don't know, man. I, I I think when you look at just that game more than anything else, the thing that just stands out to me is, I, I found myself saying, man, you really miss Quan Alexander in this game because Fournette oh, was an issue. Oh um, boy,
0: you know, Manzalone I mean, was. Qu- Yeesh. No, I
1: mean, and that's what I get at. And, and look, and, and here's the other element, Scott. I, I mentioned it already. They didn't make plays. They didn't make plays. Marshawn Latimore had an interception. He didn't make it. They didn't make plays. The first two games, they made plays. Um, not every pass that Brady made was great.
0: Brady, not, Brady, not every, Brady, uh, Brady, all he did was he didn't turn the ball over. Now, did he play better it? than Breeze? Absolutely. He didn't play great. He just didn't turn the ball over. And, in in, in, right. you know, he didn't throw, he even reach 200 yards. He just, he didn't turn it over. Saints turned it over four times. Like, why they lost is simple, but, you know, what happens next is not dealing with the end of an era of mm-hmm. – uh, well, I don't know what the next era is going to be called. Like the last era was the Peyton Breeze era. That's what it will be referred to as as time goes on. That's what it has been referred to as. Will the next era be called Peyton something else? Will be called Peyton Post-Breeze? Will it be called a different player? Will it be a different coach? It's just, just a short segue. There's a lot that unfolds next with a daunting off season. We're going to chat about it. Gus Cattingale on with us here. On the Great Scott Show, it's Friday morning at ESPN1420.com. Don't go anywhere. Reminder, coming up at the 8 o'clock hour, Tim Buckley of the Advertiser is going to join me. We'll talk some Raging Cajun hoops they play tonight, men and women. We'll talk Cajun football, among other things. We're talking Saints, little Pelicans as well, coming up next with Gus Kattengill on ESPN1420, ESPN1420.com, and the ESPN1420 app. welcome back into the great scott show the great sports callers open think tank gus cattengale is on with us now and um i'm scott Prather. gus before we, we get back into the saints we talked all about sunday and breeze and the end of an era and the injury and all that other stuff before i i don't want to wait until the very end to ask you so i just go ahead and ask you now who you like this weekend in the championship games
1: And i tell you, so much um, of what Buffalo has done as of late has gotten a lot of people feeling that way. But I think you kind of saw, even in that game against the Ravens, you saw a little of that pressure kind of get in. And I think Josh played a little bit better towards that third and fourth quarter, made some nice plays, used all of that. Um, The thing about Kansas City, man, and you and I have talked about this leading into that Saints game, they they haven't been invincible this year, but they lost one game, Scott, and they find ways to win now. Look, obviously, Pat Mahomes playing and not playing is two completely different worlds on that, Uh, especially against a team that is scoring offensively, man, but look, I do think that there's a certain level of, hey, haven't been there before to an extent that could affect Buffalo a little bit, but um, I, I just, everyone keeps really feeling like it's Buffalo, but Nah. Look, man, if Pat I want it to be Buffalo,
0: then, but I don't think it's going to yeah, be Buffalo. I am rooting for Buffalo, you know, it, but I don't think it's going to be Buffalo.
1: I tell you what, I think it'd be great for him, you know. But I, you see, you said I love Kansas City. I like, I like Pat. I love what they play. Look, you have Elayer who returned to practice this week, dude. Um, I love Honey Badger what he's meant to that team and everything. And um, again, you kind of look at. I think that matchup is probably unfortunately going to be more competitive than the NFC. I I don't know. I, I think the bucks have a chance to go out there. I just, I don't think they're, I don't know. I I don't know how to say it. I can't say they're not a good team because they are. I mean, obviously they, they make plays, they win, they have that. Um, it just really depends if they make the, the turnovers or not. If Tom Brady plays a good game, and look, we were talking about Father Time. There were games this year where Tom Brady didn't look good. You know, I mean, that even some of the games, even the games against the, the, the Packers, in which he went, the guy threw for 100 something yards. You know, it's like he's throwing for 330, 340, 400. But what he does do is he's there to make the right calls, the right decisions, the right first down on third and two. He gets four. It's not going to rack up the box score. But, you know, Are you surprised, Scott, how many of his Super Bowl wins, dude, were not I mean, the last one against the Rams, it wasn't a blowout. It was the most boring game in the world, right? I mean, but he won it. Um, So that's what he's done. It's crazy. People talk about his six rings. But you go back, other than the one with DeLome, that was a shootout. Most of those Super Bowls were, I mean, the, the first one he won. It was a game winning field goal, you know, drive. It there
0: a, a, there hasn't like of of the Patriots Super Bowls we, Okay, yeah. so so the one against the Eagles the Eagles had the ball late with a chance and then Donovan McNabb threw up, but it wasn't like that was a blowout, you know. <laughs> the it wasn't. You know, the game against obviously the Rams was close. The 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 Seahawks right. win where Malcolm mm-hmm. Butler picks it off was down to the wire. Um you can go back and and look at all these I mean 13-3 against the Rams 2018 that 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 whole Super Bowl has an asterisk next to it in my mind but that Super Bowl was lame I didn't even watch it to be honest with you but uh, everyone talks about how bad of a game it was other than that man a lot of those are really close and um there's something to be able to win close games like going back to Kansas City like I'm rooting for Buffalo just because it's a franchise that's never won one, and they got it. You know, they're the only team of the four left that have never won a Super Bowl. That fan base has been through a lot, so kind of just rooting forward for them. You know, some new blood in there too. But Kansas City, they haven't covered the spread in nine straight games. Now they've only lost one of those, and that was when they were playing all of their backups. So the fact that they've been close in all of these games, it it tells you that they're vulnerable. It also tells you that they can win close games, and when you have Patrick Mahomes, that's going to happen almost all of the time. I think it says you that the the betting public probably thinks they're a little better than they are because they keep betting on them, and these spreads are higher, and Vegas doesn't. You know, the the spread isn't necessarily who they think is going to win; it's it's where the, where they think the money is going to be placed on. So it tells you that the perception of the Chiefs, or maybe that they're a little better than they are. But they're still really good, and my perception is they're going to win on Sunday. I won't be rooting for them, but I like the Chiefs, and I I do like the Packers to beat the Bucks. So that's that's my Super Bowl matchup, Gus. But uh, are you are you are you going? You know, are you going Brady? Is that where you're going with that, or you, you think the Packers win?
1: Dude, if Devin White plays the way he played last week, why not? I just man, I, even in last week's game, I I don't know, man. I Maybe I just, I, I could care less. Um, yeah, I know, I know. You're trying Rodgers. to, you're trying no, to like. No, 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 no. <laughs> no I, I didn't mean I could care less about the game. I'm going to watch. I just, I, there's just a smugness
0: about it. No question. <laughs> and he's so damn I confident could, I, about it all. And he's so relaxed yeah, and he's just so he's like, so good, he's so too I cool know. for school. But like, I he know. literally is most of the time, you know? So it's just like, yeah, God dog. But no, I, I think, look, I thought the Packers as good as their record indicates and I said it all year and I believed it in the playoffs you know I, this I, year they are I'm, absolutely as good as their record indicates they're they're a really good football team Gus
1: I, I'm gonna be honest I, I I it may not be popular to say it and I'm, I'm gonna have to say it nice and low here in my office uh because my wife will probably she can't stand him and I don't know why honestly I I like Tom Brady oh. like, I I don't I don't know why people have that maybe it's because they won so much and stuff. But if you look at what he's done from this year, I I actually like the fact um you've seen his personality. Um, the guy's on Twitter and Instagram and has fun. He does videos That's not does, him, Gus. That's you know, just some
0: publicist he's paying. Come on,
1: <laughs> no. He, but dude, he tweets little videos of him walking off the field. You know, saying "Let's go" and you know thanks and you know I, I don't know. I just. And, you know, maybe it's the heartstrings, dude, of watching him at the very end. And I think it's something that you could respect and understand. The very last thing he tells the Breeze family is to the boys to take care of their sister and to be nice to their sister. And I'm like, that's such a bad thing to say. It really is. I mean, but isn't that great? I mean, I I don't know. I just I, I looked at that. I'm like, look here's the thing right it's the same thing like we go back and forth and we love to debate and you know lebron and you know, all like the guy like lebron they don't get in trouble um you know they they actually really talk about their family and things of that nature and and when you look at tom i mean maybe i guess the the, the dislike is because the dude you know has what you would think at all i mean he has You know, a European car that's named after him. (laughs) He has his own model. He married a model. He has won six Super Bowls, can likely go down, if not arguably already, as the greatest quarterback in the NFL that's ever played. And look what he's done this year. I mean, he's breathed life into that franchise, and he didn't even go to the playoffs for 25 years. And Dude, they made plays Sunday, period. It didn't, didn't have to be spectacular to this first year with that team. They made plays. But, again, that's why I keep bringing up his history. Go back to their first Super Bowl. He, he wasn't great. He didn't have to. He wasn't Mahomes or Lamar Jackson. He made the right play almost pedestrianly. He makes the right play. And I respect that. I like that. I mean, look, I I
0: don't know. I wasn't maybe, old enough to buy alcohol is, yet. Legally, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I could. I lived in New Orleans. I mean, they could just buy it anywhere. But that 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 first Super Bowl, which was in New Orleans, like I wasn't.
1: I was dude, twenty years. I, I was twenty, like year, I was 20 years old, guard. man.
0: It was just like oh God, that. Was, that was after nine eleven. You know. That was the city was something, yeah. man. That was, a, uh, yeah. that was a that was a that was a fun time. But you that know, they probably filmed down, the Rams man. practice anyway. That. So you know, yeah. the Spygate. So let's not give them that much credit. All right, guys, I'm gonna I gotta let you stop. Uh, so so you're going with the Bucks, okay? Got it. Got it down. He's going Bucks, man. He's going Tampa, KC. I'm, I'm just uh, go AFC. That's who I'm rooting for from here on out. But um, hoping for some good games more than anything, man. Give me something worth watching. Give me some good football. I know the NFL's is hoping for it because prior to last weekend, and I had a story on our website about this yesterday on the ESPN 1420 mm-hmm. app. You know, the numbers have been down. Now take them how you want them. The NFL still had you know the most watched broadcast uh, of of anything else you know, on television in the last year. But the ratings compared to last year were down across the board in the NFL. And they were down wild card weekend by over 20% from the year before. They were not down last weekend. In fact, they were extremely high. And the Saints-Bucks games was the most watched, you know, thing on television since last year's Super Bowl. So the NFL is hoping that momentum continues to carry into this weekend. You got the Sunday time slot. You've only got two games. Mm-hmm. They're hoping the games are close. I'm hoping the games are close because I want to be entertained, and um, it should be good. Gus Kattengauer, Saints and Pelicans correspondent. All right, man, so a daunting offseason for the Saints. I think that's fair to say. I know Sean Payton said yesterday when he was asked about the salary cap and how they're going to do it, he said, we always find a way. He's not wrong. They always find a way, but uh, good luck. They're going to find a way because literally they have to. But Drew Brees, you know, he's going to retire. The Saints will need to wait till after June first to make that an official transaction, so the hit spreads out over time. If they want, maybe he agrees to a lower base salary for like the league minimum, and then retires like a month later just to help them save some cap cost. Probably going to have to cut Nick East and going to cut Malcolm Brown. Don't you know? Not keeping Quan Alexander, they'll probably cut him. Maybe have a new contract. Janoris Jenkins have to do the same thing there. Probably going to have to restructure Teron Armstead, Michael Thomas, Cam Jordan's mm-hmm. contract. Probably going to have to extend Ryan Ramczyk. Probably going to have to extend Marshawn Lattimore. Maybe have to restructure Anders Pete. Maybe Emmanuel Sanders and Thomas Morstead have to be cut just because, you know what, just, you got to get it under. Could Taysom Hill possibly be cut if they go in a different direction at quarterback? They could save $5 million if they do it. My point is, all of that, plus you have other guys on expiring deals like Marcus Williams and Sheldon Rankin's. Uh Jameis Winston, obviously. Um, guys who are, you know, Anzalone. I don't think he's gonna be back, but you know, he's he's been a starter with the exception of the the time that that, that Quan was but there. I mean, Trey he Trey Hendrickson, right. he you know, care. Trey Hendrickson's gonna go get a big deal somewhere. My point is, you are not gonna be able to bring back all those guys. You are gonna be cutting some of them, and then you are probably gonna be on the free agency clearance track after that. Plus, you know, I I think somebody asked me somebody asked me last night. He said, "Who who who do you think is more likely to start next year for the Saints? Week one, Jameis or Taysom?" And I asked earlier this week, Jameis Taysom or Option C could be anybody. I think if Jameis is on the roster, if they're both on the roster next year, I think Jameis starts week one. That's just me, but there's no guarantee he's on the roster, and there's a there's. There's no guarantee Taysom's on the roster. If they end up drafting someone, oh, I think he will, man, be. I think he will be. I think he will be. I think he. will. you went to
1: call through this morning? Hang on, hang on, hang
0: on. I think I think he will be. But in terms of cap, they could save over five million in cap space. I think he will be. I don't think they're going to cut him because they don't think he can play. I mean, obviously, he brings value to all kind of other positions. All of that is just a, a, a whole lot of breath of me saying, Gus. Like Sean Payton said, they always find a way, but when it comes to this offseason, boy, it's going to be as difficult a way as they've ever had.
1: He did say that. Um, What I also found interesting, though, that he did say, if you remember, um, what I found interesting was how he also, Scott, talked about Taysom Hill and talked about Jameis Winston. And, you know and the people I talked to right afterwards when he spoke and um, just off the air text. Man, again, I, I, you know, I I just, I'm not good at a lot of things. I I tend to read body language and what people say and don't say a lot. And it's served me well so far. And, man, my first initial reaction and thought when I played that sound and listened to him, um, is he's running? He's he's doing what I think makes sense. When you when you brought up the the captain thing, which I was surprised that you would say that you wouldn't bring back um Malcolm Brown. And the reason why I say this is because I think the Saints' defense stopping the run. Was completely almost contingent to Malcolm Brown. Now I know the money's got to be there, but dude, they. Yeah, yeah. I shouldn't. I shouldn't. To, to be play.
0: clear, I'm just throwing stuff out there that they might have to do based. Like if no, they cut I him, know. they look, save $5 million. Mark
1: Ingram, look, you're bitter about Mark Ingram. Ingram. <laughs> <So basically, laughs> you know, it's you funny. Everybody somebody somebody said, Scott, I guess. Video?
0: Wait, let me jump in. Somebody said, Scott, I guess you want Mark. Ingram to come back. I was like, Um, no, that's, that's, that's not going to happen. The only way Mark Ingram's on the Saints next year is if he's not on any team during the season and Murray gets hurt (laughs) and they need to bring in somebody like, you know, that isn't that is, you know, on the cheap with respect to my boy, Mark, I mean, but you know, when running backs hit that wall, man, they, they hit that wall and he hit it last season.
1: Well, yeah, it was pretty cool though. In all honesty, to see the video and tribute and even the video that, uh, not only the Ravens did, but. The little video he put out from oh, other all the players that had signed jerseys. All class. That's awesome. Um, but look, I this this would make sense, right? Because we all agree that there's going to be a bridge quarterback of some way, shape, or form. And I know, look, it, Stafford, Watson, some other guys, there's a lot of quarterbacks that people are throwing up there to do. Um, but there was two things that stood out to me in Sean Payton's final season process, Scott. One was, more above all, he didn't sound too defeated. I wouldn't say he wasn't down. I wouldn't say he he sounded
0: very different two years ago after the, the Bill Vinovich BS. He sounded very different at that end of the season presser than he did yesterday.
1: And, and also Scott, he sounded like a coach that knew, Look, we're going to be back here. I mean, he, when he spoke about the salary cap, it was like a three and a half minute answer. And, he peeled the curtain back enough for you to understand the thought process. And, and, you know, and you saw him talk about, or you heard him talk about some of the things, right? About, um, look, of course you want certain players. It depends on a lot of variables. You know, maybe one guy wants to go back to the Northeast. but you know, Maybe one guy missing his family. Another guy says yes, because you know, he was asked about the follow-up question. I think it was by Tripple about the hometown discount. He's like, look, to an extent, but he wants to be fair. And I brought up the story on the air um, several years ago after I'd left WWL. I, you know, I'm doing my own thing and we want to do a player show and look, all these players require payment one way, shape, or form either through the agent or whatever. And um, one player was going to, regardless, um, you know, we had worked out something and um, it was over at the Hyatt on Monday. for Monday night football. And, he read, he walked up to me in the locker room and he said, I, I know you, you got so-and-so coming. Are you taking care of him? That's Sean. I mean, that's Sean. Like, I don't know how he knew that was happening, you know, uh, a player on his stuff, but he, you know, wanted to make sure that he was taken care of for his time. And that's Sean. So I was not surprised now, I don't know, six years later, I, I hear – and it was Keenan Lewis, by the way. But, you know, hearing his, um, him say Thursday that, you know, I'm all about the hometown discount if we can get it, but it's got to be fair. In other words, they're not they're not trying to undervalue, undercut, or, 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 you know, for lack of a better word, screw somebody over. And I think that goes a long way. I think that's why you've gotten players to stay or to, look, renegotiate their contract. They've made it so um normal that you forget what that is. Scott, that's somebody coming to you and saying, "Look, we're still going to give you your money, but we're going to have to kind of do it differently so we can go get somebody else and give them their money." Now, I'm sure obviously as long as they get their money, they do, but you know to your point, I mean to the point is they figure out ways, but Sean's trying to be fair, trying to find those things, and he says, look, sometimes the player doesn't want to come with us or, or things of that nature, but I, I, I saw that. So that's what stood out to me because he didn't sound defeated. In, in other words, I think in his mind, he knows he has a playoff team coming back next year, one way, shape, or form, because he also mentioned in that same answer that they're not alone. He's like, look, this is a league thing. It, the Saints are not going to be the only team that have to pick and choose. Who to go with? I saw a couple articles this week written about you're going to get a lot of players at the mid-level price that you would never get, but that's what's going to be because there's some people that are free agents that need the jobs, right? So whether it's Marcus Williams, whether it's Sheldon Rankins or whatever, I'm not saying Trey Hendrickson uh, in a year where the cap goes up ten. Trey would probably be getting a really nice now for him. He's going to be getting a substantial pay raise. and probably too much for the Saints, but I think it'd be more if the cap was going up ten.
0: The point is not a good year, year to be a free entity. agent. Yeah, not a Correct. good year. Also, not a good year I'm to saying. be a hundred mil over the cap, though. <laughs> I mean, let's no, call it I like think, it is. Uh,
1: look, a hundred percent. And I think though, brings up to the second point because I think he sounded confident. Because I, I think we're probably stressing more over it than he is. And I'm talking about the quarterback position. Scott, I heard Thursday Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill are coming back next year. Yeah. I think Jameis Winston's going to be the quarterback and Taysom Hill is going to be the Joker guy again. I I don't know how else to not hear what I heard today. Um, I, 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 I hope, hope I, happen, I'll take it. And I, I know I, things
0: change. I'll take it. But I just, it
1: makes sense. Yeah. You can maybe see if you can get him two years, 18 mil a piece or, you know, somewhere around there. Maybe it's like three for 31 or somewhere of that nature. Very Teddy Bridgewater-like type deal to where it's kind of a prove-it sort of thing. They can get out of it maybe year three or two, but it gets him signed. And, and look, there's two things I point to. A, he specifically mentions Thursday on those two when he talked about Winston and, again, I'm not trying to read into it, but Drew Brees, I swear, looked at Jameis and said, this is your team uh, <laughs> on the sideline. I know everyone keeps trying to read, but he, he he specifically looked at him, you know, right before the clock expired there on the sideline, and he patted his shoulder pads. That's And I think there's an understanding. I, I, the, Sean, I've heard that guy talk so much. Again, he hid Injuries from Drew Brees, and he's done that all the time. For him to talk about him as a free agent, how he likes him, you don't do that if you don't think you're keeping him. I, I There's an understanding. And then when we had Ross Jackson on from Locked On Saints, and on Thursday he told us in, in or was it something in, in Huddle podcast a couple weeks ago or, or midseason when Jameis Winston was on, he kind of referenced that, that you know, when they talked to him, the deal this year was when Drew Brees retires that he was going to get an opportunity to be the starter. Or, you know, now that may mean you got to go compete. But I'm telling you, if I had to lay money, bet some cracklings on it, bet to give you and your wife a date night and watch your kids so you can do it. not you have, like, a gaggle of them. Um, I'm telling you, I think it's both of those two next year.
0: With Jameis starting at quarterback and Taysom being the Swiss Army now.
1: I, I think that's what you're going to see. It I makes think, sense. To be yeah, honest well, with you. look,
0: look. I think I think that's if Jameis is on the roster. I think that's what's going to happen. And you believe he will be. And I think, you know, the market is. I don't. If Indy or Chicago or something comes calm, but I don't know that that's going to happen either. Uh, Gus Cagiel uh, has been our guest. Great. Well, and stuff. also
1: think about where what you have too, though, right? And. Uh, if you're Jameis, like, sort of like Teddy two years ago and he had to decided to choose to sign back, what what is a better option for you, you know? And if you listen to Jameis in the beginning of the year, what the reasons he liked, he talked about being married, being close to his home, being close to his family oh, and all I, that.
0: I hear all that. You have a guy hear all the that.
1: offense, you have all of that. Now, I understand if a team comes and says, hey, I'm going to give you 40, I mean... And, and I home. guarantee but,
0: you that you're going to start, you know, like... Is Sean telling them, "Okay, we started tasting those four games, but you're going to start mm-hmm. next year. It won't be an open competition." Another team says, "We'll give you more money, and we promise you're going to start." Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, I, I eh, we'll see. But but There's even a then, lot of it's teams just
1: looking for quarterbacks, man. What's that? There's a lot of teams looking for quarterbacks, uh, aren't
0: there? What it, it only takes it only takes one. But no, uh, I know, I know. See. Good stuff, Gus. Kat, and the Gale, good thing Saints.
1: about it, though – Go ahead, I, brother. I was going to say sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, you. no, um, I was just going to
0: reset and and let all anyone that just jumped on and is listening that, as we do every Friday, we're visiting with Gus Catengel from ESPN one hundred point three in New Orleans, uh, long time, Saints correspondent for us, friend of mine. But go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off.
1: No, I cut you off, dude. I, they, imagine that. Two guys who do a talk show. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> my wife tells me all the time, just listen and stop talking. Um, that might be something else, but anyway, I, I think the thing that, that that stands out to me is you, you're going to have some of those teams at the top that need quarterbacks. They're going to draft some, and then there may be a quarterback or two towards the bottom. Have I? I, I don't know why there's so many Saints fans there. Maybe it's because you know there's SEC country here. But what if Mac Jones is available and all that? I but is Mac Jones starting on this team next year? You know what I'm saying? So. I, I it's either Jameis or Taysom, dude, that's taking the first nap in September, don't
0: you think? Yes. I, I, I said, look, I said 40-40. I probably would today would change that to 45-45% either. Uh, and then I, I think there's a 10% chance it's someone else. Like, And that's not. those aren't great odds. Like, it's. You, if you told me to mm-hmm. bet, I would put the most money on Jameis. And that's something that, that I've been saying it this week. And then after that, Tameis and then last Tameus Taysom. And then lastly, someone else. <laughs>
1: Tamus. Yeah. I like that. No, we see. Look, go get that right now in a shirt. And then when they both come back next year and the Saints are winning and they're going back and forth just like they're doing now, it's the Tamus. We call it, it Tamus. I, I, I'll, I'll,
0: I'll close with this. Tamus. Tamus Winston or James Hill. Uh, Jason Hill. No, the Tamus. So, the Tamus. The Tam- Gus Catgillard, <laughs> Saints and Pelicans correspondent. And I promise next week, Gus and I will get into. More Pelicans talk. I know the game last night against Utah and Zion flying around, plenty of highlights. We'll, we'll do that they more next week. Threes, but we're, Scott. We're making, making, making threes, okay. transition defense Zion in the first half. Shot three. That's right, <laughs> man. Leave them open. I mean, I, I remember that first game. That was crazy last year. Well, but
1: we'll, we'll talk a lot about it, but look, it's simple, man. It's about making shots. A lot of those shots have been open. If they go down, this is a different team. And in some of those losses, they should have been wins. If they correct all that, they went into that game last night, dude. Two games out of the A spot. People listen.
0: Ten Two teams games are in. Ten, and, and, and ten <laughs> teams are playing. I mean, it's a it's a yeah. long way away. This team will be playing better in yeah. March and January. All right, my final question for you. I believe, and you're not going to change my opinion. I don't even know what your opinion is on it, but I believe okay. the, the 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 championship window closed on Sunday. Now some say I actually closed 2 years ago, whatever. I believe it closed on Sunday for the Saints. Now, okay. I don't think the Saints are suddenly going to be a bad football team. Even though I think their depth is about to take a big hit and there's about to be a major transition because you're going to have a different starting quarterback week 1. Mm-hmm. Um I also think Sean Payton is really good at his job. I think uh you know, the top talent, I think the talent at the top of the roster is still really good. Uh, I think if Michael Thomas is healthy next year, you're you're getting an all pro back at that position that you didn't have for the bulk of this year. I, I could go on and on. I don't think they're gonna be bad. And I think they could even with seven teams in the playoffs, maybe even they're they're in there, right? But I do not think that they are competing for a Super Bowl anytime soon. And I, I think that I think that window closed. I have a feeling you don't agree with that. Maybe you do. But where are you at? That's your final question before you let you run this, this morning. And thanks for taking so much time with us. It's been great. Where are you at in terms yeah. of the Saints and that, that contendership window?
1: So I definitely think they're going to be a playoff team. I do. Because I, I, here's the mm-hmm. thing, right? For, for those fans... For those fans that say, "Hey, they were a quarterback away," which is incredible, right? To even say that they were a quarterback away from the Super Bowl this year. Um, okay, well, what if their quarterback that they do get can make some plays and and, and, and can and can run? Um, I, I look, they have Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara is one of the best players in the NFL. He's absolutely one of the most dynamic offensive players in the NFC. Michael Thomas, man, he was Kamara last year. He was hurt this year, throwaway season. Say he comes back healthy next year. I think Adam Troutman, Troutman is an is an improvement at tight end. Um, I think if he can get the line the way he wants it, center McCoy at guard. My surprise move will be that I don't think Andres Pete will be here next year. Um, that might, you know trade draft pick whatever you might get an offensive player what have you um on that line but i i've heard that uh, enough to where look if the contract was and i think you even brought this up when he signed it if they were going to get out of it this is the year to get out of it and, and it won't kill you um so i've always wondered if you leave a contract like that why do you so um I don't know. That, that's just my surprise gut feeling move that I think he won. But so, so you say you look at a snap perspective. Um, dude, it, it's making it a break over there in that right edge. But look, you know, with, with Davenport next year, because I don't think Andrew back, Anyamon and some of these other guys have really played well for you. It stinks that Kawan probably won't be healthy again until mid to the end of that year. But you never know. You're making a run. You're trying to get into a wild card spot. You get him back, but I think linebacker, to me, is a, a absolute necessity and need. Even even having DeMario and them, you're seeing the importance of that. I think Marcus Williams resigned. I think they extend Lattimore. I like Janoris Jenkins. Maybe they can find a way to kind of keep him as well. But if, if those players come back, dude, that's kind of the same team A. And B, that's pretty good. So, if I get a quarterback that can push the ball down the field, can make a few more plays, stay within the offense, why can't they be a playoff team? I,
0: play, I, play, I Playoff I, honestly, team is different than, yeah. than than contention window, though. I mean, do you feel like well, that window well, closed on Sunday? Because
1: I do. But, but here's the thing, right? Because I think I do to an extent, but they, they haven't competed for a championship.
0: I no, I know I know I know I know, I know that I mean, now two you know, years I mean, ago two years ago they should have so they should have been in yeah right
1: right I yeah yeah I mean I, so, I, uh,
0: it's it's different man I, you know, I don't know I hope I'm wrong I, I, I hope I'm wrong I hope they mean. keep no, winning I
1: understand you what know? you mean
0: I hope they keep a championship winning
1: Championship window means that look I, I agree with you a championship window my definition to that is when you're in a championship window you're expected to be a team that's good enough to be playing in a in a conference title game right. Mm-hmm. Is that what your definition is? Sure, then, and yes, I don't think, I, I and I don't be, think
0: I, they will be next year. I think they have been well, the there's last. Too four years. Right. Right. And there's, there's too many unknowns. Right, right. There's too many unknowns. I think their depth is going to take a major hit too, and that's that's part of it. But um, but boy, I hope I'm wrong, man. It's it's been, you know, you and I knew each other back when this team had, you know, at that point won one playoff game ever, and that was like recent history at the time. You know, we were working yeah. together, and I remember being at the first playoff win, and I remember all oh, so many years before that and outside of you know a uh, 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 four seasons and five year stretch under Mora that were fun with the dome patrol and outside of Haslett's first year it was pain and just almost like apathy from a fan base of you know okay we're we're going to lose it's funny haha but you almost like become right. numb to it it's just it's like a joke i mean there's some young fans it's like you don't y- you guys don't get it like The last fifteen years, I know there've been some seven and nines in there, but my goodness, like it has been as painful as the last four seasons have been in terms of how they've ended. Trust me, you don't want to trade that for any kind of twenty years of just ineptitude and thirty plus years of a few flickers of hope that clickly just quickly just burn out. You know what I mean? Like you'll take it. You'll take what you've got, and I just hope mm-hmm. that Peyton can keep these wheels on the track, even if it's a lean year here or there, to just keep them relevant and competitive and fun. Because as painful as the Indians have been, boy, it's, it's trust me, it's a lot more fun than the first 20 years and the majority of the first 38 years of the franchise.
1: You and I know this, um, and I bring this up quite often. We couldn't give away tickets. We worked for the company that no, had the saints. And it. We could not give away tickets. I did morning drive, and one of my jobs, I was told to interview the director of ticket sales to try to get people to buy tickets, and his interview consisted of him saying, "Steve Young and the 49ers are coming in," or you know Kurt Warner or the, like he promoted who the saints were playing. And he worked for the team. So <laughs> I, re- I remember rolling my eyes going, do I do I really? I only get two minutes for my sports cats. I really have to play an audio bite of, of, of him saying, hey, you, you need to come check out Brett Favre and the Packers. You know, he went to Southern. I kid you not. I remember very clearly having to, we would do remotes. I, I would have to be in, you know, the, what is it? Cool Daddy mascot, dude. For Cool Any 5.7, that was a giant nine-foot inflatable crawfish mascot, and get kicked in the you-know-where's at the Poncha Train Center, and had handfuls of Saints tickets, and no one took them. Unreal. I
0: mean, I say unreal. I mean, it was, it was. That was it. That was life. Energy. The company would buy sometimes up to ten thousand dollars yes. worth of tickets just so the game yes. would be televised. It's like, it televised. why does the company have to do that? And then in '06, I was at I was at the last game that was that was blacked out in the World's. It was two. It was a two thousand season, which was a. I, mean, I love that season because it was so unexpected, and they won their first playoff game. They were playing the Panthers, and there was I don't know. There weren't many people there. Fred McAfee had a fake punt run that was great. They won, and then from there. In the Hassler era, they even though they were still on TV, it was Intergy buying up the tickets on game day. And they weren't awful. They were good enough to just convince you that maybe they could win and they just weren't, you know, they were average. And then it was the Saints. Then, yeah, they could train a year. And 06, it's, it's, almost, it's the same franchise, but it's a totally different culture. It's a totally different relationship with the fan base. Not to say that the longtime fans – suddenly felt different. They didn't. But if you live through it, Gus, you know what I mean. Like, the in dealing with fans and dealing where they're at. Anyway, we're reminiscing now, and I've kept you for over an hour or almost an hour, so I'm going to let you run, my friend. That is Gus Kattengill, our Saints and Pelicans correspondent. Give him a follow on Twitter if you're not already, at GCAT underscore one seven. That is a Twitter handle. You can check out his stuff on SoundCloud. You can hear him on the Sports Hangover weekdays, noon to three, on ESPN 100.3 in New Orleans. Always appreciate the time, man. Thanks for hanging out with us this morning. And uh, next week, we'll know who's in the Super Bowl, but we'll uh, we'll talk some more Pelicans. That's what we need to do next week.
1: Yeah, hey, man, stinks, doesn't? It? But you know what? Uh, it was a fun ride. Let's see what happens now. Look, here's the fun part. Let's see let's see what happens, right? I mean, look. We're we're kind of doing the same thing with the Pels. and um, I guess look at it this way: you, and your kids and my little four-year-old. Let's see um, how long they have to wait to see both these franchises maybe make runs around the same time. You know.
0: All I know is my kid. My all my kids were born in a world where the Saints were good and had a Super Bowl <laughs> ring. That was way different for us, dude. Way different.
1: <laughs> yeah. <sighs> yep.
0: Appreciate uh, it, man. All the best, dude. And uh, we'll talk to you. Uh, we'll talk to you next week. Sounds good, man. Take care, buddy. All right, on that note, when we come back, i are going to talk some Raging Cajun hoops coming up. Tim Buckley of The Advertiser is going to join me around 8.30, 8.35-ish. Talk about the Pels game last night against the Jazz, among other things. A little more from Sean Payton's in-the-season press conference. Talk some Raging Cajun men's and women's hoops all coming your way right after this on ESPN 1420, ESPN1420.com, and the ESPN 1420 app. Oh, yeah, and... Little sound from your boy Dustin Poirier, Lafayette's own main event in UFC in Abu Dhabi tomorrow against Conor McGregor. Hear Dustin talk about the emotional side of things. Always being the underdog. That audio is coming your way as well. Don't go anywhere. The Great Scott Show continues right after this on ESPN1420N.com.